0: Hello and welcome to Songs in the Key of Life. I'm Al Reed, and each episode I'll spend time with a different person, any person from anywhere to find out what are their top five songs of all time and why have they chosen them. For the very first episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Mark, actor, teacher, builder, stuntman, writer and friend, among many other attributes. Mark, Welcome.
1: Hi Al, how are you going?
0: I'm very well. Uh, how are you feeling about this selection?
1: Well, I'm 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 nervous. I feel quite uh, vulnerable, actually. <laughs> it's so uh, it's so revealing to try to you know define five songs that speak to you in some way. So. Um And you know, as you know, it took some time. I had a long list for a long time.
0: (laughs) So that's to that point. Before we get into the tracks and why you've chosen them, Mm. can you share a bit about how hard or easy it was for you to hit this quite restrictive brief?
1: Uh, It was very challenging. I um, I changed it about a dozen times before I gave you the final brief. And I'm grieving all the bands and musicians that didn't make the cut. You know, like, ask me tomorrow and they'll be on the list. You know, it'll be, it'll be quite a mix-up. Um,
0: and do you feel like you've betrayed some... I
1: feel very much like I've... Been, I, I want to write them emails now saying, look, I'm really sorry. I, I, I want to personally <laughs> apologise because, you know, you did have a, a really... a major influence in my life, but... I've got to make a decision. Because
0: yeah, so, um, Al's a prick and he made it only. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> what I wanted to say. And
1: in fact, I'm going to lay it at your doorstep. You don't mind if I send them your email address? No, you? that's fine. Okay, that's good.
0: fine. No problem at all. Right. All right, let's get into it. First track, band, song, tell us the story.
1: Well, the first track is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. I came to this song late because um, it hadn't been my immediate thinking about the songs that I kind of really remember and think about the story around them, um, but is that because you're
0: not listening to it now,
1: mostly, yeah, 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 I mean it was very much in my my deep past, yes, um, but I remember how influential it was at the time, and um, I mean i don't know if you know this about me, but <laughs> i'm not I'm not very musical at all, al I can
0: as I, in being able to play music? Or yeah, anything, no,
1: yeah. no, I can maybe hold a tune, you know. Right. Um, well,
0: that's more than most people, to be honest. Well,
1: you know, a bass, actor, sort of tune on a, you know, stage, maybe. Sure. Yeah. At one point in my youth, I thought, I, I want to learn an instrument. So uh, I didn't pick any of the usual ones. I, I chose trumpet. Great. Um, no idea why. I just yep. thought that would be fun. It's compact, it's compact, easy to travel Easy with. to travel, yep. yeah. It's sort of sexy looking. That's right. So um, so I, I picked up a trumpet and had a couple of lessons. Apparently I had a good wind power, whatever that means. I'm not sure that's a compliment, but anyway.
0: As long as it's coming out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, great.
1: exactly. Um, but at the, at the time, um, my girlfriend was living in and She was a singer and she had the pipes. You know, she, was, she was properly... Good, And she had a band and they were were doing covers around the regions and um, the band included a small brass section and uh, they said at one point, why don't you come with us on one of our shows and we'll introduce you as uh, this amazing session muso from Melbourne um, and you can just do the trumpet stabs with, you know, because that song begins with these great trumpet stabs and um, you can just mime it. And Devo, our great trumpeter, will do it. I went. That sounds like a great idea.
0: Oh, Jesus, here we go.
1: <laughs> no, no, it was fine. It was great. We, was it? Yeah. we, uh, we went to some RSL or town hall or something. Yeah,
0: the finest establishment in the town. The
1: finest establishment, and and. Um, and, you know, they did the whole, the whole build-up and I've got my trumpet there and he's got his trumpet there and so I race out onto stage and, you know, we do the trumpet stabs and it's going great and they're all going wild and I'm spinning the trumpet around like it's a six-gun, you know, and then it flies off my hand and lands in the crowd and the music's still going <laughs> and he's trumpeting and I'm not doing a thing.
0: Is it like suddenly your clothes have sort of left you, basically? Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: Naked is the ba- day I was born. So... Um, but I have to say, it was a really, it was a pretty fun time to pretend to be a, a musician. But I didn't have the love. I, I couldn't bear the, the the incessant doing of scales and all that sort of stuff. You need to have that patience and yeah. dedication,
0: repetition. Yeah, yeah. And there's usually, I think, with with musical instruments, there's a uh, a barrier. You're like, it's not going to work. It's not happening. It's not happening. And, and you have to push through that barrier. And then people go, oh, I sort of. I think I can do this now, but if you don't get to that barrier, then yeah, forget about
1: it. I actually think also, and this is quite revealing. I think it was my vanity that got to me because every great trumpeter that I saw had that weird thing in the front of their lips, that little, that little kind of right, yeah. warty like thing, like, blowing a lot. Yeah, for a long blowing time. a lot. I went. Nah, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. That was not the end of my trumpeting career.
0: <laughs> and is that why this song, just because of that moment and that that, that pretending to be the the guy?
1: It was such a pinnacle of, of that time with that girl and that whole environment, that yeah. part of my um, uh, development as a person, I guess, and, and trying to figure out who I was and um, feeling like, wow, this is great, except there's no way I can claim it because I, I don't have the the chops to be a... Proper musician, but I get, I got the vibe because I'd already been an actor. I'd already been on stage, and I got the got the buzz from that. Yes, yeah. Um, But and I was happy to put in all the work as an actor, but not as a musician. I just couldn't do it. So that was the moment where I realised quite distinctly that I was never going to be a professional musician. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, it's nice to be able to kind of clear that out of the schedule and just focus on the things that you are going to be. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, it gets too busy. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because it was a 1985 track. It's it's been in a thousand movie soundtracks, so it's still got longevity. It was in (coughs) the Secret of My Success. Uh, Raised the Sun, American Psycho, it's in High Fidelity, yep. uh, Scandal Makers, and Moon, that kind of oh, yeah. kooky uh, sci-fi movie. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, great film. So it's it's actually taken, uh, both was, I guess, present in its era, and then become a thing to call back that era yep. in, in later movies. So mm. it's it's still, it's, I reckon it's still rotating pretty well on radio.
1: Every time I hear it? I tell people that story. Do you? I, I pretended to do the, the trumpet stabs in this, in this thing and go, yeah, you idiot.
0: <laughs> trumpet stabs remind me as well of, um, you know, like Wilson Pickett songs and those sort of soul, you know, uh, tracks where there's just <clears throat> a couple of stabs yep. from the brass section. They maybe play eight notes in a whole track, but yep. they're sublime notes.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, I did a made a film clip once and there were these trumpet stabs within the music and the choreography and it was I focused on the on the valve the fingering of the valves. you know it was just great it was like a really great moment of kind of going oh yeah right that's why I did that
0: yeah yeah I, I, actually <coughs> I must say a trumpet's pretty impressive you do have three valves only and the amount of notes that that the good ones get out of it. It's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and look, because I, I looked at a saxophone and I went, man, that's a lot of notes and a lot of, of valves and stuff. Stretching of fingers. Yeah, and, and I kind of went, nah, I'll just take three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Three's going to be fine. <laughs> very good. All right, so we've got to move on. Track two, who, what is it, and tell me the story.
1: Well, track two is Space Oddity uh, by David Bowie, of course, um, and this is very much from my school days. Right. Um, and which was where uh, Silesian College Chadston uh, secondary school
0: Chadston in Melbourne
1: yep Chadston in Melbourne um, uh, all boys school pretty weird uh, and I was feeling quite like an alien <laughs> yep. in, in that whole vibe um, but I and I was listening to Bowie and not many people were not many people of my my gang at that time were listening to Bowie yep. Um, but when it came on and that whole that, that beginning with the guitar sound, kind of, I went, what is this? And it was kind of, it was sort of storytelling as well. He's a great storyteller in, in, in that sort of way. It is a beautiful story, this one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even, because I was naive, I, I didn't even consider the the ramifications uh, that I subsequently understand about his, uh, you know, um, drug taking and all the rest of it. At the time I was just thinking, this is wild, this 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 major Tom, who is this major Tom?
0: Yeah, why have they let him go? Why have they let him go? And why does
1: everybody want to know what shirt he wears? And, God, who is he? You know, and I, I, didn't, I didn't make the literal connection between that and space exploration. I, d- I thought that was a furphy. I didn't, I didn't think it was that, that at all. You know, Bowie's a different kind of artist to that sort of thing. Um, but it just took me, and I would sing it, and I, I felt like I couldn't sing, but I would sing it at the top of my lungs all, all the time whenever it came on. And so I bought the album and I just played it and played it and played it and played it and played it. And And subsequently I kind of realised, yeah, there's something strange about the ethereal nature of someone being trapped in a tin can, you know, lost and separate, that I was kind of experiencing on a sort of a daily basis is what it felt like to me. I felt like I was slightly alien from the rest of the crew.
0: And um, it's quite (laughs) sad, though, that track, don't you reckon? It's melancholy. It it is melancholy, but it's also very beautiful in in that way. Uh, and so maybe there's a bit of teen angst in all of that.
1: Oh, um, totally, mate. You know, the, there's a, t- a total romanticism about it. You yeah. know, and I was, I was, I was there with him. I was there with him. You know, tell my wife I love her very much. Yes, she knows. You know,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh my god, it's yeah. <laughs> how much? How much do you think? Uh, songs are sort of locked in at an early age the most impressionable time you know probably in your teens and and a bit in your 20s that that the top five are going to dominate this part of your life because that's so formative do you reckon that's the case
1: i reckon it's totally true because they're it's it's like they cleave to your viscera you know they they cleave to the musculature of you as you're developing and then they they kind of calcify on there, you know, they become solid. But then your understanding of them changes, or it, it's what's happened for me. So now I listen to Space Oddity, and I see a whole other different kind of variation to what it is. Um, but still, it has that capacity, not just to take me back, but also to take me forward. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like, wow, this is such a. I, I know I love it, and I loved it because I, I love it because it expands me, or something. Yeah, and so yeah, you, I think you're right um, that that it, it has a defining effect on you as a as a young person, um, and I think only the ones that are that are that are sort of solid gold will kind of stay the go the distance, and so this this did it for me, and I love all Bowie's work pretty much, and because he was such a um, kind of a chameleon, and he was it was such a, a brilliant artist trying to transform himself literally and figuratively all the time
0: yes and express himself in different forms of art not not just music but but painting yeah fashion and all sorts of things and
1: that's what took me early on because i was interested in being an actor i didn't wasn't clearly i didn't care that much about being a musician or or anything else i was just like i'm going to focus on this established yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes it's quite clear (laughs) um but but yeah i mean just seeing somebody who is so vibrant and so like a I guess bold and experimental and courageous. It was mm. it was pretty inspirational.
0: There's also lots of uh, tempo changes and and progressions in that song, which is yeah. quite avant garde in in some ways, I reckon. But it's also really poppy.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh,
0: which he was really really good at mixing those two things. I reckon.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. And because he was. Slim mm. and people kept on going. You're a bit like Bowie because I'm a slim fella. I went, oh, oh, god, I wish, I only wish, you know, c- 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 to wear some of those outfits. <laughs> yeah, just to be able to pull them off. Oh, it's, to it's, just to have the mojo to pull them. Know, off. No, imagine. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So, Space Oddity <laughs> by David Bowie, number two. Not that there's any particular order here. Am right? I? Might, they're just. No, enough. that's pretty. They're random. Some, yeah. They're not ranked. Okay. Yeah. Number three now. Before we get to this, this was high rotation in 1990, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And it is a cover, so Mm. there's probably a bit of extra in that. But tell us, what is it and how did it come to be? Uh,
1: So this one is Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. And her version, not any of the others that I've heard. And there's a number of connections here, not the least of which is I have an Irish heritage, so yep. you know I'm attuned to that, and the melancholy that underpins the song is pretty important. Um, it's a breakup song. I I was in love with someone, uh, and we were in love together, and you know fell deeply, and and we broke apart. My first real significant heartbreak, I think. You know some of those really torturous ones where you really realize how far it goes. Yeah. Um, I heard it before I saw the film clip yep. um, and was in was a mess, of course, <laughs> as you are in that stage. Um, and then I saw the film clip, the one where she's in close-up and it's really just mostly her face and, um, you know, she ends up crying and it was just like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Of course, she's, she, she's such a spunk. I was kind of like in love with her as well. So it was yes. kind of weird and kind of complex. But
0: but you, you break up, you're vulnerable. <coughs> she's, she's emoting all of this sort of same stuff back to you yep. directly into the camera. Yep. I mean, how could you not fall in love with her straight away?
1: No. And she knew me and I knew her. I felt like we were mates, you know. Exactly. <laughs> she knew exactly what <laughs> I was going through. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to give her a hug. She wanted to give me a hug. It would have been lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just everything about it, uh, and I know it, Prince wrote it, right? So, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, just the way the lyrics play out, uh, it's, it's so um, just kind of tears me apart every time I hear it again. And it, you know, it really does put, th- thrust me back into that into that very vulnerable place where I was feeling like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever love anybody again. Like I've loved this person and. Um, that just reminds me of all the greatness and I'd give you another shot and all that sort of stuff. You yeah.
0: Know? Um, I think her performance, it, it strikes me as um, someone who knows what they want to say before they've sat down, say, in front of the camera to do the recording or the video clip, but they don't know how it's <coughs> going to come out. And it's, as, it, as it goes on, it becomes more visceral for her and it becomes more kind of shocking and more vital um, as the song goes on.
1: There was something about that. That's absolutely right. As I was watching her, because I'm looking at it from an actor's perspective, by then I'd been acting a while and had some training, and I was seeing, I was looking at what was occurring in her within the song and the level of the, the deepening that that she was going through, and you kind of go, oh, my God, she's an amazing performer. She's an amazing actor. And yeah. to still be able to have that vocal acuity um, whilst dealing with the emotional tremors that were occurring in her was just extraordinary. Yeah. It was like, "Oh, wow, wow, wow." And then of course, of course you realize when you start to learn as you do as an actor, as you would know, you start to learn about breathing and what the diaphragm does and so on. Of course, why would you not want to be a singer? Mm. Because it's the most beautiful expression of of all that emotive quality that we can have as a human being. So, yeah. Those combinations and the simplicity of the of the film clip as well, the fact that it just dared to hold on her face mm. in a single close-up. You know, there were moments where you see her walking through a cemetery and stuff like that, but they're, they're minor. But
0: that's, that's not what anyone remembers. All you remember yeah. is her face close-up yeah. going through that journey.
1: Yeah, with that beautiful shaved head. So she was yeah. kind of almost androgynous, but perfect and beautiful and it was, it was and, and in such pain.
0: Yeah, It was
1: so reflective.
0: I think in the '90s, uh, in particular, video clips were their most interesting because I think there were sort of people were getting most um, arty with them. Uh, I don't know, remember some REM clips? They would they'll be happy Mm. to just do long shots, quite narrative, quite experimental, rather than just the fast cuts and the wiggling asses and stuff, which is just sort of everywhere now. Yeah. It was a bit more, let's do something that's a bit interesting here mm. and let the story dictate it rather than just, oh, what's a concept to go with this song? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, this, this track also reminds me just for that visceral nature and the build-up and the, and the storytelling is um, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, which is uh, a Nirvana unplugged. Uh, it's not their song, but it's just like a um, traditional song and he basically just sings, uh, Kurt Cobain just sings it by himself, basically. Right. And he just it's pretty much repeated verse chorus until the end where he is wrecked with pain mm. singing this thing. And it's like, oh, oh shit. You know, yeah. we've gone to some dark place here. But it's fascinating to mm. listen to. And I think she does the same thing. Mm. Okay, so nice. Nice reference to Prince's songwriting. Uh, tell us about the next one. I feel like that's a good segue.
1: Lovely. Uh this one is When Doves Cry uh, by Prince. Um, you know, that, that great guitar beginning um, and the, all that drumming that comes in. Um, this is after a number of other breakups. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm starting to realise <laughs> the difficulty and possibility of love, you know, because that's what that song tells me. It's, it's like, you know, we should be able to get this thing together, but it's really tricky. Yeah. Um, and so it was. I mean, the film clip's a bit <laughs> weird, but um, the, the the intensity with which that um, that again, it's romantic. It's a romantic idea of, of what what's possible in terms of relationship between people. Yeah.
0: Um, and why do you think these tracks? I mean, we haven't gone past the '90s yet. Yeah. And and or 1990. And and have a similar theme running through. Why do you think that just because it's dramatic. Do you, what, what's, what, what do you think is resonating the most here?
1: I think it appeals to my my sense of romanticism, but also my sense of, of melancholy. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, life's weird and tricky and um, and uh, you have to find your own place and, um, you know, you try to do that with other, with other people, but sometimes that's kind of almost impossible. Yeah. So it's all about, I mean, they're, they're you know, when I look back at it, I, I get the same kind of, a sense that, that, yeah, there's a um, sense of trying to deal with what it's like to be a person in the world mm. continuously and what is that in relation to other people and what is that when you're on your own and, and so on. So when doves cry, it, um, and I mean I saw the clip and you know, there's that thing of him trying to separate his parents and, and his own relationship and the things that are passed down from parents to children and so on, but uh, I guess it's that, thing that I do still think about in terms of relationships in the world is they're so tricky. They're so um, uh, fragile and, and delicate. They're easily, e- easily exploded. Mm. Um, and to be of good heart and to, to, to be generous and open is really tricky with each other. But it's the only essential thing that you can do to, to make it work. You know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess relationships are where we, we learn the most as humans, aren't we? I mean, that's how... That's how the species evolved because they socialised and they interacted and you go, "Well, oh, this is what I like and don't like and good at and not good at and, and attachment and all that sort of stuff. When that breaks, that's the richness of, of, of it all, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, and you have to kind of... Well, I had to contend with all the, um, all the stuff that, I, that was going on. I'm sure it's probably just normal human stuff, but, but it's like there were, there were whole periods of my life where I thought this is the way it could or should be and I have to let some of that go to kind of go no this is this is what, how it is and it's not what, it, what you want it to be but this is how it is yeah. um, and so this song whenever I hear it I, I, I'm thrust into that place of yeah it's tricky but the you know it's that old adage it's better to have loved than lost than never to have loved at all you have to keep putting yourself forth in an authentic generous way Otherwise, you you end up being a kind of a me on an island, and that's probably not
0: great for people. Absolutely. Final track I wasn't so familiar with. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me about this one. Mm-hmm. We, we've moved up. We've we've we've, we've leapt uh, decades. We're into twenty fourteen. Uh, tell me about this one. Um, I've got lots of questions, but let's kick mm-hmm. it off with, with where this comes from.
1: Okay. Um, yes, you're right. It's a big leap. It's uh it's called Tilted. It's by Christine and the Queens. And um, when I was a kid coming out of Salesian College, I was so caught up in um, the, the tightness of being a, uh, um, a student with all boys, um, not sure how to deal with girls, uh, and I couldn't dance. And I don't know what it was, but there was, at one point I, I went to some club and there was a beat, there was just some, it was, like, it was almost an Afro-Celt beat that kind of had this low bass and I kind of went, all of a sudden it was like, I couldn't stop myself, I hit the floor and then it went from there and so, and, and ever since that moment, I've danced all my life, you know, right. like... Probably not very well, but, you know, I, Doesn't matter. I go hard. I love it. I'll, I'll spend hours on the dance floor. I've been to lots of music festivals, dancing, dancing. So this has been a big part of my life. And it's surprising because there's usually, I would have thought that I'd put more dance tracks on here. Yeah. Um, but not really. Um, but this one, and it's not your classic dance track, but...
0: No, it's a hybrid, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's totally a hybrid. And it was introduced to me by um, a friend uh, called Gerard, who is a professional dancer, uh, performer. And he brought it to us one night. We were here just mucking about. He said, check this out. And it was a combination of the sound and the film clip, which is a very beautiful, simple film clip. Um, and then I got the lyrics and I just couldn't stop myself. It was just like every time it comes on, it, it's, it's a dance track for me. I have to move my body. Um, and she's an amazing um, French artist, um, kind of almost defying, kind of, proper um, categorization she moves through genres a lot and um, a brilliant a brilliant um, um, singer but also the choreography in the in the work is is really inspiring because they're literally on a tilted gimbaled stage and it's very simply shot but I mean it, when I say that it's not really simple but it looks simple it's kind of clean and spare yeah um, <clears throat> And there were things where um, she's there with three dancers uh, and they're all doing this beautiful, beautiful choreography and every now and then as the thing tilts, one or two of them would leap off the edge and you could see them actually, they're leaping off into the air. And there was something about that from my history of being a stunt performer, having flown through the air and things. I thought, oh, that's great as well. Um,
0: but isn't that also a metaphor for just taking a leap like you said before like totally just gotta you just gotta ante up and play the game and be a part of it
1: it's totally that it's totally that and also what it is is because um part of the lyrics is is about um i'm okay i'm in i'm in the right place you know it's about sort of coming to terms with um how you are within yourself and all you other guys you can just Fuck off if you don't like um, if you don't like what what what's going on here. You know, yeah. I'm in my right place. Don't be a downer. You know, don't don't be a hater.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's, so it's natural that it's come later and it is of a later time because it it's leaving behind a bit of that angst perhaps of of the teenage or the early twenties mm. and being more comfortable in celebrating. Who you are, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and, and, and comfortable in my daggy dancing. If that's what if that's what I'm doing, I'm I am doing i do not care. It's fine. I'm just yeah. moving, you know. Um, yeah. And so it was a it was a, when I when I discovered this track, um, it was like oh that's so satisfying. Um, and and you know I've heard some of her other work and stuff, but this 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 track and this film clip in particular is what's really um, attractive.
0: I just I, yeah I just love it. So it's it's high on my high on my list to to listen to. There is also something a little nostalgic about it. it. Isn't just pure dance, and, and no kind of narrative is there. Like there's there's some there's there's oomph behind this.
1: Yeah, there's story. There's total totally a story, and um, it's this wonderful combination of the the quality of the of the choreography and the way it's shot, the film the filming of it. Yeah. Um, because it comes from a number of different p- perspectives. Sometimes you see within the the, the, f- um, the floor that they're on all of a sudden has a Perspex top and you're seeing from underneath and they're standing on top of it. And it's just so beautifully done. Uh, you ca- like every moment of it, I'm, I'm engaged. The choreography
0: it. with the camera as well as the dance. Yep, yeah,
1: all of that, all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of my favourite pieces right now. Uh, so much so, um, uh, I, I've often been to, um, you know, the Golden Plains Festival, so I've been in contact with Auntie every now and then because of the pandemic, and you know we chatted, you know, a couple of times. And Auntie's a real person or people, yeah. you know. And I sent him an email, kind of going, "Hey, are you going through lockdown," and they said, "Yeah, we're okay." Da da da. And I said at the end of my email, I said, "By the way." is there any possibility of getting Christine in the Queens on at the festival? And they came back going, oh, my God, we love Christine in the Queens. Did you see her at the forum? Da-da-da. We're going to definitely try. I said, oh, great, no worries. And all of a sudden I felt like, oh, I'm helping to um, put the, put
0: the, put the, <laughs> the, the, the line up together. together. <laughs>
1: yeah, <do the> <laughs> How good would it be to have her out here to do that? Anyway, so.
0: Well, you've yeah. got to make sure you get a ticket for that one.
1: Well, you? we'll, absolutely.
0: Big nice. borrow and steal, that one. <laughs> okay, so that's your top five. Going through them all and unpacking them, do you feel any differently? Are you happy with the selection?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm happy with the selection. And what I realised, and I hadn't quite, I guess, got that until we started to discuss it, but there's clearly a trajectory yeah. you know, from, from start to finish in a way. I, although I hadn't really thought about putting them in that order. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, sure. I can, I'll support that. You'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. <laughs>
0: Man, thanks for sharing. And remember, Mark's Spotify playlist is on the episode notes of the show, so watch out for the next episode dropping weekly. This has been Songs in the Key of Life. I'm Al Reid. Thanks for listening. So, Mark, um, what was the first album you ever bought? Uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, As a teenager, uh, it's a 45. Yeah. You remember those? Yeah, that's that's old. Um, It was... (laughs) (laughs) It was Crocodile Rock by Elton John.
0: Wow. (laughs) Thanks for coming.